What's up, everybody? Welcome, man, to the 615. It's your host, Lee Hillis. And today, we are you see, we are talking Titans, Jags. And uh, it is the two-year anniversary of the show. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the last two years towards the back end of the show. And of course, you see our guest is Chris from Titans and Truth. And Tyler from Titans Time Podcast may jump in here um, later on in the show. But we'll be back right after this. And if you're listening to the audio version, it's right after this. And a word from our sponsor. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. And of course, let's go ahead and bring our guest in, Chris from Titans and Truth. Chris, how are you? Evening, evening. Well, what a day it was yesterday for Titans Nation to get the breaking news, which that's going to lead us right into our first thing, NFL news, which the story is Titans fire general manager John Robinson. And Chris, were, were you shocked when you heard this news come out? Wasn't expecting it. Um, I remember it was about 11 o'clock Tuesday morning. I was knocked out of sleep. So I wake up and check my phone, and one of my followers hit me up and said, have you seen this? And I had a picture of John Robinson and tires fired him. I'm thinking, okay, this is fake news. This is not real. Let me let me go look this up. Let's see. And sure, it's shooting. Bleach report and the reports were out that they did fire him. And I was like, whoa, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't expect it to happen now. The timing is weird. And but I will say, even though I think it's a move that I could see especially after getting torched by a guy you traded. But I was shocked at that happening. I can't lie. And, of course, you, you see the Twitter there from Jim Wyatt. The Titans have parted ways with general manager John Robinson. Vice President of Player Personnel Ryan Cowden will lead player personnel for the Titans for the remainder of the season. I don't know how much he's going to be able to get done with five games left. But I guess shoring the back end of the roster and see if you have something that can compete in the playoffs. You know, because I mean we're gonna get we're gonna win the division, but I guess this is to see what you can put on the back end that could be helpful for this team going forward. So it's very interesting of the timing. I know they were probably trying to get a jump on getting to college recruits and things like that with bowl season. But very interesting and very shocking timing, I will say. Which I put out on Twitter. Everybody would come in here because hot takes are coming are coming down tonight. I've already said this. And Chris, I told you this. I said, I see the Titans reaching outside of this team to hire their next GM. And I said, I could see the Chiefs assistant GM, Mike Borgonzai being the Titans' new GM. And I could see him sitting down and firing Mike Vrabel and hiring the first African-American head coach in Titans history, Eric Bieniemy. And I would be all for that. I mean, let me say this, let me state this for the record first. I think Mike Vrabel's a good coach. He's done a heck of a job. Winning seasons ever since he's been here. But I think not. I mean, he's acting, but I mean, let me get my words together. And I've said this many times, Lee, you know I've said this. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. 
Mike Vrabel is acting a lot like what Mike Malarkey did back in the day yep. with Terry Robisky. He just would not let Terry Robisky go, even though the offense was bad. He refused to let him go. He died on the hill for his guys. And John Robinson said, look, you, you got to let this guy go. And he said no, so that's why Mike Malarkey got fired. Doesn't it seem like Mike Vrabel is doing the exact same thing? Exactly. He just won't let Todd Downing go when he know he should. Let him go. Let Tim Kelly get a shot at it. Let's see what it looks like these last few weeks. And if a new GM comes in, he sits down with Vrabel and says, hey, I'm willing to keep you on as head coach. I'm willing to work with you. But Todd Downing's got to go. And if Vrabel says anything else but yes, sir, he has to go too. And I'm so I was telling somebody this. If I don't see Vrabel being here next year, because if when you bring a new GM, that GM that GM wants to come in and hire his own guy, exactly. he has no loyalty to you, he has nothing to you. Yeah, no matter if Amy sets the president with this GM and says, hey, you're the general manager. I'm going to let you do your job. And I even said it, and you noticed, I said a couple of things are going to change. And I'm going to go ahead and throw a couple of nuggets out. The offense is going to get a major makeover. Big Jeff, I think, is guaranteed to stay now because – John Robson traded away A.J. Brown, and on my show I just did, one of the, my uh, one of the people watching said was on his way to losing Big Jeff too, and I think that was true because you don't tell Big Jeff, uh, I, I don't know how we're going to pay you. I don't know where the money's coming from. This new GM, he's going to make sure Big Jeff gets paid. And I'm going to I was going to I'm going to point this out. There are six guys who could be gone after this season. Bud Dupree, mm -hmm. Zach Long, or um, Zach Cunningham, mm -hmm. maybe Caleb Farley. I hope not. I hope he gets another shot, but Vrabel obviously hates him. Robert Woods. Yep. Ryan Tannehill. Mm, that might be, I don't Caleb know that. Lamont guaranteed, but it wouldn't shock me. Taylor the one. <laughs> Those are four I know for a fact that are gone. So if they release five five or six guys, they free up in the ballpark of 45 to $60 million. 46 to $64 million to be exact. <laughs> and there's enough out there to pay Big Jeff. And there's an expanded cap, too. And you also have enough to possibly read, uh, give a new contract to David Long? Maybe Nate Davis? Hmm? Maybe try to keep Ben Jones for another year? If you can't find a younger center, I would go back to him. I wish we would have drafted Tyler Linderbaum. <laughs> Tyler Bomb or Creed Humphrey before that. One of those two. So, and let's, I was like, let's head to the comment. Yeah, because I got one more point. And that is, I don't think Vrabel is as safe as he thinks he is. Your guy AZ Mick is in the house. My guy. Um, Al Pierce. Titan Fox, um, that's an interesting point. How shocked would you be if Amy already had it planned and announces a new GM by next week? It would that would only be if it's eternal, because I wouldn't be. I don't think she would announce too fast, because you gotta, you get at least in, in this situation, you gotta at least go through an interview process, and a lot of 
executives around the league are not available right now. You can't do that until once the season is over. And and then for a team like the Chiefs, if they get the first round by during that bye week, you can you could talk to them. And Time Fox made another interesting point. Downing should be the next one with chopping block. He should be on the chopping block after last year. The reason, of course, as Vrabel has said, you don't do dumb crap to hurt this team. Todd Downing has. Because look at this. So he got the DUI after Green Bay. Yep. What's happened since? We've lost two in a row. Yeah. I mean, he calls a great game and then gets a DUI. The real Todd Downing, please stand up. And he did. And um, Al Pierce said, I thought Tim Kelly was his guy. You would think he would go with him and can Downing. Confusing, isn't it? Again, he's willing to go down with his guys. Again, Dennis Dudley, Dennis Daly. He won't change from that, and he acts like, well, well, he's, what he's other open. option do we have? He's uh, and of course, I know you watched the show the other night with the Power Hour. I quoted you on one thing. Mike Rabel says, "Well, we're winning." Of course, that's what he's going to fall back to, and I agree. And that's one reason I feel like J, uh, J- Rob was fired. Not taking care of the Todd Downing situation. Mm-hmm. And it could have been. In my mind, internally, Todd Downing should have been suspended internally. Yeah. By the team. At least and, the game, at least a couple of games. And of course, uh Titan Fox said, Oh line, please, overall. I agree. And you and I were talking. I could see Aaron Brewer being replaced. Maybe Dylan Raiders finally gets some respect to get a shot. I mean, he and played okay as I, a left guard. I would start him at left tackle. See, why does the media not see that? A lot of people go, in the media think go back, crazy to even bring it up. Go back to San Francisco game last year. No, he, here's my thing about that. I don't mean to cut you off. I don't get what the media is seeing is different from what we're seeing because it's perfectly obvious that the media and us, we're seeing two different games because you've heard Buck, Jared, even Miss Teresa tweeted me and said, Raiders is not good. And I'm thinking to myself, what game were y'all watching? And of course, I was going to say, if you go back and look at San Francisco, he manhandled Nick Bosa. Yeah, he held his own. And uh, so, um, of course, I don't know if you knew this, Elijah Molden is back on IR. Yeah, missed another four games. And I um, I was just curious about something. So I shot Miss Teresa an email and asked... I just read Elijah Molden is just went back on IR. Could you clarify, does this mean he is done for the year or could he come back this year? And she said, teams can designate a player to return twice in a season. Yeah, that's a new rule. So I, he thought, could, I looked that up too. So he could potentially come back. In week 18. To the final game of the year at Jacksonville. Yeah. And like I said, I... That was the first thing I thought of too. Was um, I'm thinking, hold up, if Bowden goes on injured reserve, that means he's out for the year, right? Because that's his second time. But it says a new rule in 2022, um, that you know a second stint won't end the season, but he ain't gonna come back to late. And of course, Titan Pratt, um, Bryce, what's up? And then of course. Tiny Fox says, possibly re-sign some players. Where are those replacements coming from after those cuts? Well, of course, I put out my first mock draft last night. Chris, you've seen it. Um, if we if we release Lawan, and I told you this, 
there's one kid out of Georgia, and yes, he's like, I don't like offensive linemen out of Georgia, but you know what TD says. Don't blacklist a school over one player. I I know that's what TD said. He preached it to me. <laughs> and How, However, and, I kind of blacklisted a little bit. And Can't do the, it. The kid that I would take in the first round is Broderick Jones, an offensive tackle out of Georgia. Dude is a dude's a baller. If it's, I, I think the position is correct in the first round. Again, I don't trust any player from Georgia. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't trust an offensive lineman from Georgia. Isaiah Wilson, he he has Ruined left that you. black cloud in my mind. I will well, not go back to that well. I would, of course, another guy that be cut, Jeff Swain. Oh, for the love of God, please. For the love of God, please do it. And that's that's where my second round pick came in at. Darnell Washington, a six foot seven tight end out of Georgia. I wouldn't be against that. I, I've seen him play. Oh, and Titan Fox mentioned one thing about the media. They've been saying that he since last year, Raidens isn't Raidens is not even good. Even if not great, he's better than Daly. And because I mentioned this on um primetime with Buck Rising after the game, I put that I put that comment in and Buck basically kind of went in on me, <laughs> you know, about that. And he said, he said, of the rankings is Daly, Clark, Raiders. Like, Raiders is the worst of the three, in his opinion. And, and of course, I'm thinking... Vrabel has reopened the competition left tackle. Yeah, but he hasn't mentioned Raiders. He said LaRaven Clark might get a shot. And I like the signing, but where he's been sitting since he's been here. Yep. I would prefer Raiden's over anybody. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And so let's go ahead and head to the uh, second news story. Baker Mayfield is an L.A. Ram. Can't believe it. And I told you this before the show. If he, if I, if he would went anywhere, in my mind, it was San Francisco. Jimmy G, the quarterback. Jimmy G is down. You all and they you know, obviously also, don't believe in Trey Lance. And well, he's injured too. Well, that too. Yep. Um, their their starting quarterback now is Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Hmm. He gets a chance. And then of course you have Josh Johnson. Who play who's been around the league forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forever. Ah. Buck thinks Raidens was awful in that San Francisco's game in the San Francisco game. He's biased. I mean, he I mean a lot of the media, a lot of media people thought that. And that's something that I think I'm gonna either tweet. I'm going to probably try to text back with Miss Teresa again or TD because I just I need some help. Clarify for me. What are y'all seeing that we're not? Because again, like you said, I went back and watched quite a bit of that 49ers game. I didn't think Dylan did too bad. Did he have a couple of bad snaps? Yes, yeah. he did. He had a couple of snaps that were bad. But did did he give up a sack? No. Exactly. And speaking of sacks, Dennis, as you said, Dudley has nine sacks on the year. Nine. His pro football his pro football focus grade was forty one. Yep. This last weekend, and and think about this: the Tennessee Titans as a whole have allowed thirty three sacks. Daly is allowed nine of those. You know that is nearly close to one-third of the sacks given up. A mm -hmm. third by him alone. Yep. 
I want to say the next might be five. And I want to say that might have been Brewer or um or MPF. I can't remember. Uh Titan Fox says Baker may play to the Rams. OMG, I work too much and miss that news. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the sacks have to come down. I agree. I mean, and T. Ferrell on the other side has given up three times less. Only he's three. Only, yeah, see, like he's only given up like three. Like he gave up one this last weekend. Yep. But of course. I mean, Actually, but he said, he said, well, let me change like that. We have no other alternative. He said, let me change that to Baker, maybe on the field. LOL. <laughs> I'm looking at some stats. But, you know, while you're doing that, I am going to run this. And of course, I showed it to you. This is something that I needed to hear. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but. Here you go. And if I can leave you with anything, I want to leave you with this. Hear me clearly when I say this. There are people who come in your life sometimes to be there for a season. They weren't meant to be there always. Sometimes we find ourselves hooked up with people that we think are there for a lifetime, but they were only supposed to be there for a season. There are people who come in your life like boosters for a rocket. If you ever watch a rocket go into space, the boosters fall off when it reaches a certain altitude. Some people are not equipped to handle the altitudes that you're going to. So don't be afraid when they fall off. They're not bad people. They just couldn't go where you're going. Wow. And Chris, you took the word from my mouth. I came across, I'm like, I need to play this. Powerful, especially coming from the mouth of Tyler Perry. Yeah, man. But so you were calculating up the sack numbers. Yeah, I was looking at uh, each of the linemen, and again, Dennis Daly has given up, according to Pro Football Focus, nine sacks. No one else has given up more than three on the offensive line. Wow. I'm talking MPF three. Nate Davis, I want to say was two. I'm going to uh, go and make sure of that. Ben Jones, one. Aaron Brewer was two. Yeah. Nate Davis, two. Petit Ferrer, three. Ben Jones. Again, this is all corner pro football focus. Ben Jones, one. What about Dylan Radins? I'm 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 getting to that. Aaron Brewer. Three. Dylan Radins in the few snaps that he had, and this is probably counting him at guard as well. None. And I'm going to say this. Media, take note of that number. Dylan Radins in his snaps at guard, and is that counting tackle or no? Uh, let's see. I think this is mainly guard. I don't know if it counts tackle because I, of course, I don't have PFF like that. So it's kind of locked. So at guard alone, he's given up zero sacks. And I'll go even further. Add in when he played last year against the 49ers. In all, in any snap that he played in 2021, combined to 2022, 
two sacks. Two sacks. In two years. Now, he hadn't played a bunch of snaps, and that is out of, he had 100, it says 124 snaps played offensive snaps last year, and he's played 265 snaps this year, which I'm like, is that number correct? So, almost three, 400 snaps in two years, two sacks. Okay. In two years. What was that number for 2021? 124 snaps, two sacks. And how many no, those total snaps is 124? 124 for 2021. What is 265 this for 2022. 389 snaps. Mm-hmm. And he's given up two sacks. And Dennis Daly has played double more than double those snaps and has given up nine more than four times that amount. So media take note, Dylan Raidens is better than Dennis Daly. Thank you. Now the PFF score might not say that because I mean, PFF, I usually don't put a lot of stock into that. But I was looking mainly at the sack number given up. And it is astounding. It is very astounding how many sacks he has not given up. And how many that Dennis that Daly has. I'm like, it's pretty obvious. But let's go ahead and head into what this show is about. Titans, Jags, and uh, the analytics for Tennessee last week were sketchy. Especially one Derek Lamar Henry. (laughs) Wow, with full name. 11 carries, 30 yards. That's scary. Yeah, he's had a bad month. But look at Tannehill. 14 of 22, 141 and one touchdown. But he also had three carries for 34 yards. Tannehill hasn't had a bad month. Yeah, he hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions. That's good. He's thrown, I think, what, four or five all year? (laughs) Uh, I would say three. But look look at Chig. Four catches, 68 yards. Get him the ball. Um, Tyne Fox said PFF is judging him on playing the wrong position, not the one he should be playing. He should be Agreed. playing left tackle. He should be playing tackle. But of course, Traylon Burks hated to see that hit. That hit was nasty. Illegal. But one catch, 25 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, let's go ahead and bring the th- uh, the second guest in here. Tyler, how are you? I'm good, man. Sorry I'm late here. Uh, hope y'all are doing well. Uh, so, again, sorry about being late, man, but been trying to get back and get everything set up so i could hop on here at least for a little bit with y'all but yeah um we're gonna run it back we start off talking about john robinson being fired what were your thoughts on that so my thoughts on it when i first uh saw the news was i didn't expect this to happen during the middle of the season but after diving into it a little bit more and hearing some thoughts about how you know, especially since next month, really for the college prospects and everything coming into the draft. I mean, it makes more sense that the move happens now. And I don't, I thank John Robinson for what he's done and helping turn this team around from where it was before he got here. But the last couple of years, there's just been too many misses in the draft 
and misses in free agency. Like we're trying to get to that that next step, winning yeah. see just winning the division and being one and done in the playoffs isn't going to cut it. We we have to have some type of change to potentially get us to that next level. And of course, Kerry said, "I'm hoping we can. I hope we see them use Chig more moving forward." Mm. I 100 agree. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and of course, Traylon Burks caught his first receiving NFL touchdown. If he didn't get hurt, it would have been yep. nice to see what happened. And then, so let's let's head to the defense side. Kevin Byard, of course, the duo, the best safety duo in the league. Both they they combined for eight total tackles and five assisted. That's not a bad number. Yeah, defense didn't have a great day. No, no. <laughs> um. Mario Edwards, three tackles and a sack. Bud Dupree, two tackles and a sack. That was a shot. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel a little bit better after knowing how Jacksonville got destroyed by Detroit. 40-14 to 14 this week, this last week. Trevor Lawrence had a worse day than Ryan Tannehill, 17 of 31, 179 and a touchdown. Don't forget, that man's mobile. It may yeah. not be right now, though. Uh-uh. <laughs> right now, he's day-to-day uh, with a leg injury, although Trevor wants to play. Mm-hmm. And then Travis Etienne, his teammate from Clemson, 13 carries, 54 yards. But we know one thing about a certain guy by the name of Derrick Henry who who feasts on Jacksonville. And this will be a good game to go off because I'm pretty sure he's a bit ticked off. And, of course, (laughs) uh, Christian Kirk, six catches, 104 he ate us for breakfast last year when he was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that messed us up and probably one of the reasons we don't have AJ. And then, of course, True. Evan Ingram, the former New York Giant, five catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Would have been a nice tight end. <laughs> and then, of course... At least we have Austin Hooper. That's all that matters. Hooper and Chig, I like that. Yeah. I mean, hey, as long as Hooper and Chig's uh, playing time keeps going up and Swaim's keeps going down, that's all I care about. Keep Swaim off the field, put Chig out the – especially if, if Burks ends up missing this game with the concussion, like Chig is our next weapon. I mean, I know you had the stats up from the game against the Eagles. Chig led all of our receivers with 68 yards. Out of the rest, Burks went out on after their first offensive drive, after their only touchdown. He was still our second leading receiver on the game with 25 yards. Like, that, that's mind-blowing to me <laughs> that no one else – could do anything besides Chig. So if Burks is out, that means Chig, you got to get his snaps up, even if it's putting him in at like a as a slot wide receiver and spreading him out wide. Get just get the ball in the dude's hands. That would be a huge mismatch, lining him up in the slot. Yeah. And that's what we need against Jacksonville. We need mm-hmm. those mismatches. And of course, Al Pierce says, What's up, Tyler? How's it going, Al? But back over to the defensive side. Jacksonville's no fluke. They got two monster pass rushers. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Josh Allen. No, not that Josh Allen. <laughs> the other. 
And then, of course, they have the rookie, Trayvon Walker, and the other rookie, Devin Lloyd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish we'd gotten our hands on Devin Lloyd. <laughs> I said that within a year or two, Jacksonville is going to be a major problem. Well, I'm going to say this. Now that, in my mind, uh, Indianapolis is a dumpster fire. They're dead. That that whole team looks worse than our offensive line. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but everybody, even like you see the article right there from um, Titan Wire written by none other than Tyler Rowland from uh, Locked on Titans on the uh, Locked on Titans podcast. He's saying this is a must win. And we're going to start with Tyler on this. Is this game a must win? One hundred percent. I mean, this is this is your get right game because this is the game right after where Amy Adams Strunk come out and said, "Look, I'm not messing around. I want to get to that next that next level. I'm going, getting rid of the general manager. I, we need to." get back going the right direction here. And the last two weeks, I said this on, uh, I I can't remember if I said this on the show last night that I had with Rossi on, or if it was just in talking to some other people like at work. We haven't seen Titans football the last two weeks because, and when I say that, I mean, we've gotten dominated in the trenches, both on our offensive line, which that's happened pretty much all year long, but even our defensive line getting dominated and most of the time, that's where we really get to teams. What's up, Fox? Hope you're doing well. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where this is the game where you get back on track and you get back to playing your style of football. You dominate the trenches. You make Jacksonville know that you're there and you're hitting them. Like, it... And... I mean, if you don't win this game, do you kind of breathe a little bit of life into into them? Because you know they're—I think they have four wins on the season right now. We have seven. It's not like they're that far behind right now, really. So you can't be giving them any spark. And again, this is your this is your get back on track for the rest of the season and get back to playing your style of football. So I, I do feel like it's a must win because if you're not careful, the spiral is just going to continue, and then you're going to be clawing, trying to make the you know, either yeah make the playoffs, win the South, whatever. Yeah, I agree 100%. This is a must-win game, and it's a lot close to what you said. You've already made a big shakeup. Amy Adams-Strunk has basically said just winning the South and hosting a playoff game ain't good enough anymore. And I agree 100%. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. And that's what she wants. And anything less is a failure. So this is the get-right game. And I said it on my show uh, earlier tonight. Four ways to win. My four points to victory. Wake up. And get back to center. Get back to who you are. Return of the king. Derek needs to get back to being himself and run rough shot over the Jags like he's always done. The defense, they need to get back to basics, play angry. And why can I not remember my last point? But my last <laughs> point is basically, you know, get back to being who you are. And, you know, get out to Trevor Lawrence if he's in there, play together, dominate, and just get Nashville nasty. And this is the game that you could do that. Because if you lose this game, like you said, that is a snowball effect. John Robinson getting fired is just the first of a few dominoes that are about to fall. And you don't want to give Jacksonville any life 
or Indy, and if you don't make the playoffs, that makes Mike Vrabel look really bad. And not a lot of people have touched on that. A lot of this blame should be going towards Vrabel as well because you got to get the players ready. So they better get right. And like you said, Tyler, when in the trenches, offensive line needs to get their act together, but the defensive line needs to get their act together too because they've been slacking off the last two weeks. And it is showing. Mm -hmm. So must win indeed. Hey, Chris, I got something for you. (laughs) I would take the job. Knowing me, though, and you've already said this, I would sure have us in a worse salary cap situation than anything because I'd be going out for everybody. Well, hey, if, you get a big payday. You get a big payday. Hey, if, I would if, be like this. Um, hold up. You know what, Teddy Hill? Get out of here. Lamar, you want to come here? Come on, I got you. Uh, Jerry Judy, you want to come on and play for the Titans? Let's make this trade happen. Big Jeff, you get paid. Yeah. Like Oprah. Like Oprah. You get a payday. You get a yep. payday. Everybody gets a payday. <laughs> <laughs> but um You wouldn't want me for GM. <laughs> well, I was gonna say if if I had the opportunity to go be the Titans GM, I would say as I said, I was I would say exactly what you said, Chris. Winning division championships, division winning division titles is not enough. That's the bare minimum. Yep. It's Super Bowl or nothing. And I know Sin City Titan on my show has been (laughs) arguing with me the whole time. And I told him, I said, okay, are you just okay with winning division titles, hosting a playoff game and going one and done? If you say anything other than no, other than no, if you say anything other than yes, you're proving my point. You shouldn't be happy. You shouldn't be satisfied. And as GM, what I would do straight up, if if Amy said, do what you have to, I'd give that whole coaching staff their pink slips. I wouldn't disagree with that. Maybe except Mike for Ray- Shane Bowen and Jim Swart, they did do a good job. I'd hold on to them. I would I would keep them. Maybe Tim Kelly. Uh, Maybe he can learn. Um, but what I would do, the head coaching move is what I would do. Eric B. Enemy. Yep. Because you he see said. what he's you see what he did with Mahomes coming when he came in the league. Yeah. And he's long overdue for a shot at the head coach. Oh, he is. Like, he's got an interview after interview after interview, but nothing. But for some reason, and that's that's a good question. And I'm like, you've had some interviews. Why are you not getting hired? What's going on? Is he going there? And is he going into those interviews and making himself not attractive as a head coaching prospect? That's a good question. It's an excellent question. But, but I asked Chris this. Um, and we're gonna try I'm gonna Tyler on this. Baker Mayfield's an LA Ram. What did that shock you at all? Not really. Uh just given how the how everything's been piling up for them as well. I figured it would be them or the 49ers. And since CMC, you know, got traded to the 49ers, he had been with the Panthers. Not sure what CMC's outlook was on Baker, but, you know, if that was a guy they were potentially looking at, if CMC wasn't big on him, he was probably saying, look, guys, that's that's not the move for us. Just let <laughs> let someone else grab him. <laughs> and yeah, the the Rams picking him up didn't surprise me that much because yeah, we've seen it with them. They went all in. They pushed all the chips on the table, went and won their Super Bowl, and now 
for the rest of the season, they're scrambling this year, whether it be because of injuries or whatever. I mean, so, yeah, I figured whenever Baker got released, it would be either the Rams or the 49ers, given where their quarterback situation had gotten to. So, as we head to the back end of this, let's run through some score predictions for Titans-Jags. And we're going to start with Chris on this. 2017 Titans. Tyler? I'm going to go 21-14 Titans. I'm going to blow both y'alls out. 38-17. Are you thinking they're capable of scoring that many points? If the defense can do what they do and Derek can get going, all hands all hands are off the table. All it, is Downing table. drinking before this game? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I just I, that is the key point. If if he is, then yes, they're scoring that much. But... I agree. Let him drink before the game. <laughs> hey, we'll or... all buy him a couple shots of bourbon or something. <laughs> um, I feel like if I feel like the biggest problem with Todd Downing is once they get through their scripted plays, he turns into a deer in the headlights. Yeah. He won't mm-hmm. get out of his own way. And that's why if, after they get to the scripted plays, I would let Tannehill call it on the run. I wouldn't be against that. I mean, just Either would I. or or have, you know, just tell Downing, I mean, Hey, consult with Tim Kelly on, you know, some more of the, you know, if you think you got something or like you said, let Tannehill call it on the fly. And I mean, in, because in, there's a, in like a two minute type offense. Yeah. Cause that was, that's the biggest thing that I've kind of seen over the last two weeks is, you know, you start letting Tannehill get in that hurry up offense where they're just going. Things are, Flowing a little bit smoother, it seems like. And well, well, we're fixing to lose Chris. Chris, again, thank you for taking time out of your evening to come do this. Absolutely. Uh, I hate to have to have to break away early, but uh I gotta go get some food and I gotta probably get ready for tomorrow, you know. Gotta get up uh before dawn. Ooh. So um <laughs> I definitely appreciate everybody. Tyler, appreciate you as always. And of course, Chris, before you go, shout uh, shout your uh, the socials. Oh, absolutely. Um, Titans and Truth, you know where to find me on Facebook. I mean, on uh, Facebook, TNT Enforcers. On Instagram, at Titans underscore N underscore Truth. Uh, on Twitter, at TNT Blue Enforcer. And that is uh, B-L-U-E-N number four C-E-R. And then on uh, YouTube, Titans and Truth just did an episode um, about an hour ago uh, previewing the Jags. And so uh, definitely check that out. And also the show I did with Ken Moore yesterday, right after the firing of John Robinson. So yeah, definitely check that out. Hate to have to cut away early, but got to go and get ready for tomorrow. But I thank y'all for putting up with me. (laughs) Well, of course, we're going to get out of here also. Uh, Tyler and Chris, thank mm-hmm. you both. Thank you to both of y'all for uh, taking, t- of course, thank y'all for taking time out of y'all's evening to come do this. Yeah, again, hate that I was uh, later to the show than was what I was expecting, but wanted to make sure that, you know, I hopped on for, for what I could and maybe tried to add to the conversation a little bit. <laughs> and of course, a stat comes here. Jags defense is ranked 26th. I mean, again, like I said, if if there's a get right game, this is it. Yeah. I understand it's it's going to fall into the narrative of okay, the Titans beat another team that's under five hundred. I don't care. You give me a couple of teams right now under five hundred, and just let us hit. Yeah. Like Chris said, let us hit that reset. That's what we need. We need that reset to get and, back right. And I think firing John Robinson is that reset. Well. Here's the way that I kind of look at it, and I really just thought about this earlier. You look back at the Bills game in week two. The Titans got blown out in that game. And the players – go ahead. Of course, 
And of course, good news, just in case, like if let's let's say we meet, let's say we meet up with the Bills again. Mm-hmm. They're without Von Miller for the rest of the year. Yeah, that that's big on their defensive front. But you know, after the Bills loss, the players come together, had a players only meeting, and we saw after that game the season start to change a little bit. We saw a kind of new spark with the team that we hadn't yeah. seen. And now I feel have this loss to the Eagles that they dominated the whole game. This John Robinson firing could be another spark for the rest of the season, you know, to get them on that right track again. Well, as I said, Tyler, of course, thank you for taking time and hopping in here for the little bit of time you could. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for the invite. And of course, as I always say, stay classy and tighten up. Tighten up! Let's get tightened up! Tightened up! Step, step, step.